May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. One time when I was in seminary, I walked past a classroom where some seminary students were singing a song. It looked like they were learning something for a class. Maybe they were learning some kind of song to teach kids in Sunday school. And the song went something like this. On the day of Pentecost, fire fall on me. On the day of Pentecost, fire fall on me. Fire, 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 fire fall on me. On the day of Pentecost, fire fall on me. And I thought, oh, that's, that's really cute. I'm sure the kids will love to sing that. And then I didn't think much of it ever again. Until today. Today, Jesus very blatantly says, I come to bring fire to the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. I come to bring fire fire to the earth. Is this the kind of fire that Sunday school song was talking about? Some of you might be like, oh gosh, no way, Uh uh-uh. And others may be like, well, maybe, yes. The truth is, we don't know. Because fire in the Bible is used in so many different ways. Look at the story of Moses and the burning bush revealing God's presence or the pillar of cloud and the fire that protects the people of the Hebrews during the Exodus or the imagery of fire, the refiner's fire in the book of Malachi. Fire in the Old Testament that at times depicts the wrath of God or the tongues of fire that bless the disciples and fill them with the Holy Spirit. Fire has so many depictions in Scripture that to pick just one in this case might take you down the wrong road entirely. Whatever Jesus is meaning here, he's using fire imagery to denote importance. His work is important. His ministry is important. And he's not going to sit idly by when time is running out, his followers don't seem to understand what he's saying, and the kingdom of God needs to be more fully revealed by his life and ministry. There is a sense of urgency here. There's a hefty dose of urgency and a hefty dose of reality. Reality that no one wants to hear about what? About family division, about constantly changing times, of uncertainty, of confusion, urgency, lack of time, but it was a reality check that the people back then needed to hear, and it's a reality check for us as well. Not one of us has completely escaped the familial conflicts of our present day. We all know what happens when we gather around a table with our family and we want to start talking politics. 
Or what about COVID and how to deal with it? Or climate change or bodily autonomy or any other issue that comes up? We bring any of these up in most families and we know for sure that there will be division along some of the strangest lines of demarcation that we might not have predicted ahead of time. Yes, there will be division and disagreement. And some of those topics, even though they're not intrinsically linked to God or about God or the ways of God, somehow, somehow God just gets drawn back into the argument. The nature of how each of us feels about how we relate to God comes into the picture at some point. These are situations where we, like those people in the gospel, who Jesus says do not know how to interpret the present time, these are situations where we sadly don't either. We don't see things coming, and we, under, we occasionally misunderstand bad things happening and equate them with whether God loves us anymore or not, or whether or not God cares for us anymore, or whether or not God can be present because why in the heck would blank happen if God were more fully present? In short, when things don't go our way, there's a side of us that thinks that God doesn't care about us anymore. It's even evident in today's Jeremiah reading where the beginning of the lesson says, am I a God nearby, says the Lord, and not a God far off? There's a side of us occasionally that thinks that God just doesn't care, and nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus' life and ministry, according to Luke's gospel, we're reading Luke today, so let's really dive in. Jesus' life and ministry in Luke's gospel is all about the power of God choosing people, choosing human beings at a specific point in history, and God becoming fully human to teach us how to love more fully, to be present for one another more completely, to restore the entire world back to something that more closely resembles what God wanted for the world at the beginning of time. And we know that whenever change happens in the world, people resist change. Conflicts erupt. Misunderstandings occur. And because of resistance to change, deep divisions happen. And this fire, this fire of change, this fire is exactly what Jesus is bringing into the world. It's not a fire by nature that is intended to destroy. It's certainly not one that's meant to punish, but it's a fire that produces a great light, something of great power for all the people of God everywhere to see, a sign in the heavens and on the earth below that the power of God is right here and right now because of Jesus. And that very fire of God, that fire of God that we see in different parts of the Bible, um, 
the time in the, when the first temple is built in Jerusalem and suddenly the fire of God illuminates the entire building. And then you read about how in the second temple, when it was built, that fire didn't burn so well. But that very fire of God's presence in everything that created the world, that fire that was released at Pentecost, also stood on top of the heads of all of Jesus's followers. And that fire that was on top of them gets passed on to us through the nature of our baptism. And that fire that Jesus brought down to the earth is now right here, present, anointing our heads this very day. And the Spirit of God that is set with this fire is at work in this community. That's a lot to take in, that the holy fire of God is kindled upon us right now. So what do we do with this fire of God? How do we interpret the things of today in a way that's better than the way that Jesus' followers did in the early first century? What do we do to honor that fire of God and the responsibility that accompanies it for us? Well, for starters, we have to look at Jesus. We have to see what Jesus actually did in his life and ministry. We have to read about Jesus, and we actually have to talk to one another here at church about Jesus and remind ourselves over and over and over again about who he was. We have to see him being with people who were different than he was. We have to learn about him healing others and teaching and bringing the good news of God to all who would hear it. We have to identify with the things that Jesus did, and we have to follow in his footsteps wherever he leads us. Looking on Jesus gives us our center or our core to kindle this holy fire of God. And then we have to look inside of ourselves and into our community and do a little reflection there. Where are our priorities aligned with Jesus in the ways of God and where could they use some scrubbing up? And how might we dream alongside God about making tomorrow's world a little bit better than today's? That world, of course, might might be internal, it might be our home life, or it might be our careers, or it might be our life with friends. Could be. But that life too could be expanded to a life that models blessing towards others, or a life that unites the people in our community in some type of common mission. Maybe a mission of being restorative in some way, helping people get on their feet, making sure that the systems of feeding people in our community, that no one ever goes hungry ever because we've, we've helped come together and we've figured something new out. It could be a call on our community, our community life here at Trinity to set new goals, to make this beloved community at the, cent- at the corner of Central and Roosevelt look just a little bit more like the kingdom of God. But not just for ourselves, but for everybody in our society. By nature of our faith, 
by the nature of what we know about Jesus and the arrival of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost so long ago, we are the carriers of this holy fire that Jesus has kindled. We are the light bearers. And even though we're not so great at seeing what's in store for the future of the world, we can absolutely pay attention to the things around us that call upon our best selves to start resolving, to identifying the hurts in our community and bringing a new light, a new way to bless, a new way to love, and to know that when we do these things, we do them as light bearers of God's holy fire. So as Jesus comes with the fires of change into our world, and he has, and he will continue to do so, we are being empowered by this gospel to be blessed, to be the people who bless, to be blessed and empowered by God's holy fire, to be as fully part of our world as we possibly can be, to build bridges with others, to see the power of God's holy fire inside of them, and to where our holy fire that's in me and you and whoever else, that to where our holy fire combines with the holy fire that's upon others and it brings forth a new way to restore the world, to restore the world back to the way that God intended it to be from the beginning of time, to take the call of our ministry, our life together, to take this call seriously, just as Jesus took the call of his ministry seriously. And when we do that, this song very much applies to us today. On the day of Pentecost, fire fall on me. On the day of Pentecost, fire fall on me. Fire, 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 fire fall on me. On the day of Pentecost, fire fall on me.